Time for Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. If it moves people underground or on the ground or even in the air, it's a sure thing that it'll be talked about right here. And now, here's the electric pair with energy storage issues, Ken and Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome one and all to America's premier mobility news and technology talk show, Roadworthy Drive. We're your hosts for the hour, Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little. As usual, we have so much to share with you. Later on this hour, Ken and I will discuss the impact of 5G on our autonomous driving future, a reality check about a young backyard mechanic who is taking on Tesla, and finally, my personal favorite, how robotics will be affecting the farm industry this year. All that and so much more, but first... To add your voice to the conversation, call or text us in the Roadworthy Driveline. That number, 872-222-9793. If you're more of the email type, reach out to me, Ken, at roadworthydrive.net. Either way, connects you to the show. And speaking of being connected, please say hi to the high priestess of mobility tech, my vivacious (laughs) co-host, Sasha J. Little. Hey, Sasha. Hi, the high priestess, really? Is that yeah. where we're going with yes. now? Yes, Th- that's, that's yes. That's where we're going now. Absolutely. Okay. You All know, right. it's a thing. Okay. It, it's okay. It's a it's a thing. It, it's a thing that you have just now created right now. Yeah. Okay. Not not a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's a question for you. What do you got? The best U.S. cities for manufacturing jobs. It's a little in the weeds, but not far because making vehicles is manufacturing and therefore mobility. Detroit? Uh, you know what? I don't see that on the list. Why? Um, let's see. Used machinery sales company Kempler Industries recently released a study on the best U.S. cities for manufacturing jobs. Top of their list? Mm. Wichita, Kansas. What? Boeing. Oh, yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is the heart of manufacturing for the automotive industry and the RV industry. And Battle Creek, Michigan, another... Uh, more parts than final manufacturing, but not surprisingly. Okay. Those are the top three. Toledo, Ohio, and here's one, Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Okay. Round out the top five. This recent study had analyzed more than 236 cities in the United States and identified where manufacturing is thriving this year based on the data from the Census Bureau and the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Okay. Now, some of the factors they looked at included the total number of manufacturing jobs available in each metro area, year-over-year growth, the median income for manufacturing positions, and the cost of living in each metro area. Now, just because I'm curious, what was the average income? And I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I want to throw this at you. They said many of the cities on the list are relatively small, with Portland the obvious exception. Right. The fastest growing metros in terms of manufacturing job growth. Okay. Clarksville, Tennessee. Mm. Get this one. Reno, Nevada. Okay. Nope. I can see that. I don't. Isn't that where they're building the the one uh, uh, electric car? I'm not sure where... Uh, well, now that you mention it, I'm thinking of the Gigafactory. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't think it was that far north. I thought it was just north of Vegas, because Reno was way up there in the north part. 
north of uh, Carson City. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Lake Tahoe, many much snow. Lot <laughs> of snow. It's not the place you want to build a plant if you can help it. Are you sure? Oh, trust me. Many much snow. I know a way it's that be- they're... Tra- it's beautiful, but it's snowing. But the end, And the final one. Yeah. Cape Coral, Cape Coral, Florida. Uh, aerospace. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it must be making a comeback. Well, we talked about uh, the private companies like uh, what Elon Musk is doing, what Virgin Atlantic is doing, you know, and they're moving freight on contract from NASA into space. Okay. So there's something like that. All right. Now, to answer your question, average earnings in the manufacturing industry, mm-hmm. 27 21 an hour. Roughly, a little over about fifty-four for a year. Okay, and, and what? It, and it varies widely by city. Oh yeah. Uh, from San Jose, California, you're mm-hmm. looking closer to seventy-six thousand. Oh. As opposed to Jackson, Mississippi, which is thirty thousand. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. But also notice Jackson was not on the list of fast-growing uh, or uh, the best cities. No, it was not. So, food for thought for that. Um. How do you feel about horsepower? No, no comment. Nothing. Not yeah, a thing. I know where you're going. You're trying to. Are you? You're trying to tag me into something. What do you got for horsepower? Let's try one thousand nine hundred. That that is just way too much. Uh, and in this case, what we're talking about again, mm-hmm. another electric car. It's an electric. Yes, ma'am. It makes it faster than a Formula One racer, and ironically, it's Italian. Lamborghini. No. Uh, it's actually um, built by uh, Pininfarina, which is a design house in Italy. They design a lot of stuff, a lot of cars. Right. But they're actually building this one, not many of them, and it's named B- the Batista, after the founder, after the guy who runs the place. Okay, and why? Um. It's a hypercar. Is it, it a family it, car? No, not even. No, <laughs> it's a model the Italian company wants to use uh-huh. to position itself in the pioneer as a pioneer in the luxury electric vehicle space. Uh, it the, at the at the heart of it, 120 kilowatt hour battery that feeds four electric motors yeah. one for each wheel. Yep. 1900 horsepower and almost 1700 pound feet of torque. That is four times wow. more powerful than a 2019 Chevy Corvette Stingray. Yeah. And, that... and ju- just as a rule, for $2.5 million, you can have one. $2.5 million? million? Yes, ma'am. I mean, if it was $1.2, I might have thought about you it. You think? I, I mean, I'm just saying. Well, but 2. you know 5. what? Ludicrous speed. <laughs> it, it goes no. to 60 miles an hour in less than two seconds. Oh. That's faster than a Formula One. And the killer part? There's a killer part? Yeah. This fast car uh-huh. has more range than a Chevy Bolt. What? Th- almost 300 miles on a single charge. Yeah, but the... Well, no, I was about to say, because the Nissan one is the one that's laughable yeah, range. No, yeah, no. And, and even your Teslas are only mid-300s right now. About 338-ish, about. So, not really shabby. And, oh, top speed. No, no. I don't. I don't want to know about this. Top speed. I, yeah, you do. <sighs> yes, you do. All right, give it to me. What do we got? Okay, hold on to something. I'm trying. 217 miles an hour. Oh gosh. Just what you need. What is what is that speeding ticket? Yeah, 65. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
But you know what? You got to put your order in pretty soon, Sasha. Ah. They're only going to make 150 of them. Ah. Can can I play dibs on number like 66? Well, or it, well, nine? it gets a little worse too. Of that 150, yeah, just 50 will be available for the United States. Oh no. Oh yes. Where are they? <laughs> yes. So it literally is 2.5. 2.5 million. All right. Yeah, you, we got to write the suits. Uh, yeah, gotta, I don't. Th- can I break some news to you? Stop it! Don't break my dreams. Uh, we can stop barely get it. chairs in here. <laughs> I mean, then an ongoing issue. I don't think they're gonna go for something in like this. The quest for the latest in mobility and technology, and since that's what we talk about here on Roadworthy Drive, it is. Um, I think that it would bear witness. I mean, if we gave rides to people in this thing, uh, no, because first insurance yeah. ain't got no. No? No. I mean, we could do Uber. No. Uh, no. <laughs> this, these cars are hand-built. Did I mention 150? No, no, no. Do you, do you remember that uh, that service that we talked about some years ago where people would rent out their vehicle, like their their, their right. classic vehicle right. or whatever? All I'm saying is, is that we could make our money back eventually. The uh, insurance would make it infeasible. <laughs> alone. Now- Half of the technical uh, components from the car yeah. comes from another vehicle I talked about, uh, the Rimac, uh, oh. out of Kriosha. Yeah. Uh, they've developed something called the C2, letter C2. All right. And a lot of their uh, the guts of this thing comes from that. And I talked to you a while back about a very fast vehicle, their Concept 1. Hmm. Which was that I saw at the New York Auto Show a couple oh, that's of years right. ago. Yeah. Which was just crazy, ridiculous, yeah. nuts, crazy, fast, crazy, oh my goodness, crazy. Well, there's gonna be a lot of vehicles coming out because the New York Auto Show is that going on right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot of things hitting the news and news outlets right now. Yeah. As a reminder, uh the Tesla Roadster, the numbers that he was talking, one point nine seconds. Top speed of more than 250 miles an hour with a 620 mile range. And if he's anywhere, if if Elon is anywhere close on this, that $200,000 he's asking would be cheap. Yeah, it would. Could you imagine having something that fast Mm -hmm. for that kind of money Mm -hmm. with that kind of range? I can. I can imagine that. That's what scares me a little. And I think my local police department can imagine trying to chase me in that. I know. It's called guns. (laughs) When we return, a look at what's driving our autonomous vehicle future. It's 5G. Back after this. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. Stop stalling. Get Firebird. Pure Oil's two new gasolines that stop carburetor icing, most common cause of engine stalls. Pure Firebird Super with Tritane or Pure Firebird Regular. Carburetor icing happens not only in freezing weather, but even up to 55 degrees. When ordinary gasolines vaporize under these conditions, ice can form on your carburetor throttle plate. It freezes. Your motor stalls, but not with Firebird. It has a special additive that stops carburetor icing under all weather conditions. So stop stalling. 
Follow the Firebird to your Pure Oil dealers and fire up with Pure Firebird Super or Pure Firebird Regular. They make your car run better, farther. Firebird. <laughs> if you are just tuning in, this is Roadworthy Drive. I am Sasha J. Little in studio and sharing the space with my co-host, Ken Chester. And we are so glad that you chose to be with us. Sharing the space? Uh, not <laughs> you, really. You, you act like that's a bad thing, Sasha. I banished you to the other side of the yes, room. Yes, you did. I and did. it's lonely over here. Well, you know. It, it's just so lonely. You're lucky I'm not making you wear the hat. <sighs> I know. <laughs> In any case, during this segment, I want to discuss the impact of 5G on our autonomous vehicle future. Now, regular listeners know that we've nibbled at the edges of the impact of 5G, but I thought it was time to touch base on what is going on. Well, we actually talked about that with uh, Tech with Sasha. Yeah. We had covered what the 5G meant and then as far as like what's going on with our ambulances and how the ambulances are able to give a almost, uh, vi what was it, a video readout with the current doctor on staff to the hospital so the sure. doctor could see what exactly was coming mm -hmm. um, to the hospital. So mm -hmm. what are you seeing? Well, let me set, let me set the table first. Okay. Every year, around the world, mm -hmm. 1.2 million people are killed in car accidents. Uh, and out of those 1.2 million, just because, you know, for the people that don't believe that self-driving vehicles and autonomous vehicles are a thing, how many of those accidents are caused by, I don't know, the, the human driver? Over 94%. Right. And for the record, since you're going all there. I am actually. Uh, yeah. Fully, the full implementation of autonomous vehicles should mm -hmm. reduce that number by 80%, which means roughly a million people wouldn't die. I mean, do we have space for that million people? I'm sure we could find it. After 10 years, that's 10 million people that would have otherwise died. I almost feel like a final destination moment happening right here where, I mean, where are we going to house these 10 million people? Uh, you know what? Not worried about it right now. Are you not? No. I think that we need to talk about the housing crisis that would actually affect in like I a doubt decade. it, considering the po <laughs> world population would be growing faster right. than that in the billions. So 10 million people, yeah, not so much an issue. Are you sure? Looking at I mean, billions, I think that we hundreds could, of millions. I, I think that we need to tackle the problem when it's a million and not when it's a You know a what? I, I think we can leave that alone for now. <laughs> um, said another way. The loss of this 1.2 million people lives per year yeah. is the equivalent of seven 500 passenger aircrafts crashing each and every day. Ouch. Just let that sink in. That, that. Yeah, let that sink in. That is a little crazy. Now, 5G would help with the following advanced technologies. Okay. Sensors fusing radio detection and ranging, which is radar, of course, light detection and ranging, which is LIDAR, right. and the optical camera sensors. High-speed information systems that integrate automotive e Ethernet networking, powerful signal processing, high-definition mapping with high-precision navigation, and artificial intelligence, and obviously the communications, which was my favorite. Vehicle to vehicle, V yeah. to V. Yep. Vehicle to network, V to N. Vehicle to infrastructure, which we'll come back to, V to I. Another one that you haven't heard a whole lot of, and there's some controversy here, vehicle to pedestrian. Where they would actually tether into the wearables and the cell phones, and right? A, we'll be back. Put a pin in that one. Right. And then, and then is... vehicle to utility 
and eventually vehicle to, to everything. X, yes. V to X. Yeah. Wireless communication will play a critical role in keeping this entire ecosystem of vehicles, infrastructure, and pedestrians in sync. Bottom line, 5G allows the uh, uh, up and down communication in real time quickly of mass quantities of data with no downtime, no drop-offs. I know, yes, I remember. Stated simply, mm -hmm. and that's the simple. Right now, there are limits in both systems that you're using uh, the four, the 4G. And the 4G and, LTE. And, yeah, LTE. E, LTE, As sorry. well as the evolving um, near uh, field communication network that's using the cellular network. Yeah. These things have limitations. Yes, they Drop-offs, long hang times, uh, the inability to upload uh, information and download information. Right. So they're looking for basically a system that is literally, um, literally fail-proof, which if you're riding an autonomous vehicle, kind of has to happen. Kind of has to happen. Because the one thing that all of these vehicle to everything has. Yes. Uh, and all of this starts with vehicles directly communicate, vehicles communicate, vehicles communicate. And I want to skip to. Because I'll come back to the rest of them, but this is the one I said put a hat, put a pin in it. Right. Vehicle to pedestrians. Let me read it. Okay. Vehicles communicate with pedestrians to be warned of pedestrian crossing or proximity to protect them in even under low visibility conditions such as a dark night, fog, or heavy rain. The problem? Mobile devices or wearable devices on pedestrians can be used for vehicle to pedestrian communication. And the argument by those people who are for walking or pedestrian mobility mm -hmm. is why does the pedestrian have to be part of this whole system? Think about that for a minute. Why? Yeah. Is, because flip side, because you, don't right have now, the, you don't have the money to have a phone. I personally don't have a wearable because I am not 100% um, comfortable with the low level of security that wearables have mm -hmm. um it doesn't matter whether it is the smartwatch, which i seriously on a personal note i would literally slaughter for the asus smart watch but because do they make such a thing they do oh, actually I didn't know that. it's actually um right up there comparable with the apple the new i mm -hmm. anyway so um I, I do like them but by the same token they started these off with the pedometer and right. then it started Fitbit. off fitbits and then it started off with even my nurses now use like a smart watch to like when they're taking my pulse and stuff. So, I, I mean, is it one of those things where it's going to be mandatory where either your cell phone that you're going to have on your person or your wearable? Okay, but I can see even for someone who has a cell phone, mm -hmm. maybe your cell phone got damaged. Maybe it got stolen, lost, uh, otherwise shut off because maybe you weren't able to make the payment this month. Mm-hmm. Why should you be at risk because you don't have that device handy in this whole infrastructure of things when it comes to 5G? No, no, no. I'm just I get not it. there. I, I get it. I you know, totally or, understand what you're saying. Or if you're at the low end where you don't have the funds. Yeah. You know, or you've got a phone that's got, you know, prepaid phone or something like that. And you're, you know, you're over your minutes. I, I just don't think that in the 5G world that pedestrians should have to be that kind of part of it. So we'll keep on in that. Coming up next, 
A Massachusetts backyard mechanic takes on Tesla. Find out what happens. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You're listening to Roadworthy Drive. Ken and Sasha coming at you. Pedal to the floor and turned up all the way. Because that is how we do it around here. And of course, we are properly buckled in for safety. And we are all about safety. Amen. If you are new to the show, be sure to check out our website, roadworthydrive.com. For all of you who want to know everything about us and, of course, the show, Mm -hmm. it's also the place where you're going to find podcasts of the show available on our listening tab. Mm -hmm. There is Time with Sasha that is going to have the wheels of non-consent starting up. Here pretty soon. Really wish I would have had the opportunity to do the one that Ken has this week. Um, I have the 2019 Chevy. Oh, I am sorry. Ram. Wow. Ram. Really? Ram. Ram fifteen hundred. Ram that 1500 looks like a GMC Rebel. Yeah, it's the Ram fifteen. Not even close. That looks like a GMC. Yeah. And it's amazing how in the year two thousand nineteen they fully loaded it with two thousand eight technology, and we need to applaud that. That was awesome. You need to let go. Anyway, uh-huh. you can also find our um, our podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and of course my personal favorite, Spotify. Yeah. Hmm. And, of course, be sure to like us on Facebook because, you know, that is where you will find um, when we do have the wheels of non-consent and we will let those that like us on Facebook know when that's coming. And it should be in the next two to three weeks. One would hope. Yep. Well, that's the plan anyway. And while you're at it, be sure to visit our sponsors, uh, great organizations like Hummel's Nissan here in Des Moines. They're now celebrating 90 years in the car business. Wow. And I personally know Mark Hummel and the crew over there, great people, great service, great products. And like I said, you want to make sure that you like us on Facebook. What? Nothing. You throw any hands up. I was, yeah. Frustration? No. Okay. All right. Uh, we do have some special things planned just for our listeners and we know you hate missing out so stay tuned this next segment i effectively call or affectionately call man versus machine man versus machine yes ma'am okay uh in these days you would think with all these technological advancers and all these computers and all this stuff Mm -hmm. that the day of the what we used to call shade tree mechanic or backyard mechanic is over I think it depends on which kind of car you're talking about. Well, let's let's dial this down a little bit. Okay. And talk about a Tesla Model S. Love Tesla Model S. What if I told you uh-huh. there's a guy oh, no. who owns one. Uh-huh. Cost him net cost him. You ready for this? And it does run. Okay. Sixty five hundred dollars. What? Yes. Sixty five hundred dollars. Yes, ma'am. All right. How Okay, there is a story to this. Okay. Okay, we're talking about a fellow by the name of Rich Benoit out of Salem, Massachusetts. Okay. All right. MIT? An IT guy for sure. Okay. He started by doing something that very few people have ever done. He bought himself a waterlogged Tesla Model S. Oh, okay. And he was thinking about fixing it up. Yes, ma'am. 
the first thing ago, the first thing he did three years ago, he pulled the 1300 pound 400 volt battery out of that Tesla that had been underwater. Okay. He opened it and tried to fix it. And this started the most interesting narratives in the early days of the modern era of the electric car. Is there even a, you know, when my when my dad and I would go out to fix something on, you know, the Cavalier or something mm-hmm. like that, we Ew. would actually stop it. Stop it right there. Mm-hmm. We also had a comment, by the way, but stop it. Um, and the Ford Mustang, which I loved, loved the Ford Mustang. And, or not the Mustang. Um, Maverick. Up. Ford Maverick. I have no hate for the Maverick. I love the Maverick. Anyway, anyway the point is, is that we had one of those books, um, and I'm blanking on How the name. How to book, probably uh, either Chilton. Yeah, or, the Chilton, right? Right, the Chilton Repairman. Is there anything for the Tesla for that? No. And I would imagine, I mean, again, I'm just speaking out of turn, that kind of, because we're talking about breaking technology. Mm-hmm. Are you able, I mean, how was he able to get plans and stuff? Well, here it goes. Okay. All right. First of all. Yeah. So we're clear. Yes. Three years ago. Three. Okay. Yes. Not 10, three. Three years ago. Puts it 2016. Uh Uh-huh. Tesla Model S, their big luxury car. Uh Uh-huh. Just want to be, want to be clear. 39, I'm sorry, 36-year-old father of three who works in IT in the great city of Boston. Father of three, you say? Yes. Father of three. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was a three girls, and that's why he spent all his time not in the know. garage. Uh, he even <laughs> named this car. Oh, no. No. He did. No. He did. Okay. What is it? Dolores. Stop it. He did. I'm not making Dolores. this up. Dolores. Okay. It's, this all got started because before he bought it, a friend of his had owned a Model S. Okay. Took him for a ride. And he fell. Man was hooked. Okay. All right. Man was hooked. I can follow. His exact words. Uh, He was obsessed. The way it was was whisper quiet. The impossible acceleration from zero to I feel like I'm on a roller coaster about to throw up in an instant. (laughs) The way he could feel all the work that went into creating the car, a history of progress that combined to create this feeling of the future. His words. It was like a laptop on wheels. I can, I can, I can, uh. As someone who has been in a Tesla Model S, yeah, I can attest to that. Now, he pulled everything apart in his car, trying to figure out how it worked. Mm-hmm. And he thought he was going to buy parts from Tesla. Yeah. No. Really? They would not sell him the parts. How do you... There, I mean, that goes into a larger issue. How would you repair Tesla your Tesla? Tesla said, yeah. there are significant safety concerns when salvaged Teslas are repaired improperly or when Tesla parts are used outside of their original design intent as these vehicles can pose a danger to both the mechanic and other drivers on the road. And you could say that about any car truck ever made. Yeah. But this, I mean, it doesn't stop Joe Blow from like no. putting soldering on no. the... No. Yeah. This man stripped the car, tore out all the ruined electronics. Okay. Ended up buying another wrecked Tesla to with the electronics that, that were intact. Okay. To put them together. So he literally took part A out yes. and took part A from the other vehicle yes. and inserted. Yes. He had to go with no manuals. Right. Just click for click. Mm-hmm. He even started a YouTube channel. Oh, I bet. This as he was doing it. Now. The kicker is that when it's when he got done, mm-hmm. now you may not know this. I came from Massachusetts. They have an extremely rigorous inspection program. You're from Massachusetts? 
you know what I meant? <laughs> the inspection program in Massachusetts, <laughs> new, used, doesn't matter. Very rigorous. Yeah. So for him to be able to get this nearly back to showroom quality. Yeah. And pass state inspection in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is a major, major, major Has thing. Has Tesla weighed in on this? No. This car runs. He's driving it now. I mean, and it took him three years. He bought, yes. Three years. Yes. That's not bad. Yes. That that needs to now, be applauded. Something, something to throw out here. We've talked about this. Yeah. Massachusetts happens to be a right to repair state. Okay. Tesla got around it by not giving him the manuals or anything. Right. Because they don't have any dealerships in the state. And that's how they got around the law. Why? Because under the law, he should have been able to get manuals and all this stuff that he needed. Right. But because he didn't, didn't do it. Oh, well. When we return, a look at how robotics will impact farming this year. Impact farming this year. (laughs) Stay tuned. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. This is the fourth and final installment for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. We are Sasha J. Little with Ken Chester, your hosts and tour guides and flight instructors for your safety. So glad that you can come along. I could have sworn as somebody yelled shotgun. Hey, sorry, that's my seat. That's right, because you are riding and I'm driving. Yeah, imagine that. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we continue to farming and robotics, a programming note. During the second hour of our program, I will get you caught up with what I call news from the showroom and introduce you to some brand new vehicles set to hit the marketplace for the 2020 model year. We'll also feature the latest installment of our most popular segment, Tech with Sasha. And Sasha, what are you going to talk about this week? Um, This week, I'm going to bring up a glimpse of the future that you, my lovely listeners, can pull up right now and go along with me for hour two. So you might want to stick around for that. Or you can find us on the Roadworthy Drive website for the podcast. Or we're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, Blueberry. Mm -hmm. And then for the last installment for the final segment of Tech with Sasha, snow might actually be a good thing. What? Snow. Uh, What did I tell you about those words? (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to have to find out, folks, what Sasha actually means. And ironically, I agree with her. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to tune in. Um, You're not going to want to miss a moment. If your favorite radio station doesn't carry hour number two, no worries. As Sasha said, you can both find it on podcasting. You can also find it on our website, roadworthydrive.com, because we have you back like that. Well, and I also this week and in in the next, the following up weeks, I'm going to start posting at least one of the hours on our Facebook. Um, I set that up so that way people can just, you can just kick Click the link and it will take you directly to either that specific show because we're still getting feedback from our show when we talked about the movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went a little off the rails there. We did. But I mean, we're still getting feedback from that. Indeed, we are. So um, so that way you guys can those of you that follow us on social media, you guys know who you are. Thank you for the messages. Um, That way you guys have got this just one stop shop where you can go there. And take a listen. And particularly our new listeners, because we're adding a lot of new listeners these days. Right. And how many uh, long format stations do we add this week? An increasing number. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) 
So, folks, we've, we've got you covered like that. So, Tech with Sasha, yes. second hour. Now, um, last segment, we were talking about that wonderful gentleman in Massachusetts mm-hmm. who put together the Tesla. Mm-hmm. What is he going to do now? I am sure that this video, I looked it up, and mm-hmm. he's got over 400,000 followers now. Yep, in his ongoing series as he continues to do it yourself on Dolores and other rebuilds. Now, this guy has always been a car guy. Right. He admits he's got a Corvette, a truck, and believe it or not, his words, a race car. So this this is a gasoline guzzling, I'm all about the combustion. His words, I'm not some tree hugger. But after driving Dolores around every day, it's made me think this is how a car should be. Amen. He says he doesn't get the strange feeling driving the Tesla anymore. He says he gets it when he gets into a car powered by gasoline. I've, I, yeah, yeah. And to that end, folks, he's preparing to open the first repair shop on the East Coast dedicated to electric vehicles with the goal of servicing vehicles while teaching owners how to care, car, how to care for cars for themselves. And he's going to build it, of all places, Seabrook, New Hampshire. Okay, now you had talked about Massachusetts having the right to repair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What? What, and I hate to downgrade Tesla, and I know we're getting a little off the topic, but what could Tesla do to stop this? Because in that article that you let me gaze on a little bit during the break, it specifically said in there that Tesla owners were going to him and asking him questions because of the the wait time to actually get a Tesla technician. Mm -hmm. So if he moves his out of Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. and now he's going to go to New Hampshire. Right. Is Tesla going to be able to stop him from working directly on their vehicles? I mean, does that I, I does that void a warranty? One, well, once it's out of warranty, no. Warranty, but does it void a warranty? I would imagine it would. I would also. I mean, how? However, does he still get the the battery upgrade that Tesla rolled out for the Model S? That I don't know. The article didn't mention, and that's a good question. Okay, I would think Tesla owners out of warranty. Okay, would more than likely. Uh, go to him for other repairs. I mean, you've got the beautiful part about a Tesla is there's so few moving parts. That's true. And it's so little that can actually go wrong with the car. That's true. So you're only getting into modules, which is a matter of replacement. Okay. Uh, body repair, uh, other systems, related systems like infotainment or the dashboard systems. So, I mean, as far as the heavy lifting he did with Dolores. Right. Yeah. I don't expect that to be the issue. And he did not say that would be a thing that he'd be doing all the time. He did talk about other rebuilds, but that, those weren't limited to Tesla's. So what we're going to do, mm-hmm. we're going to follow this guy as this continues to unfold. But I wanted to bring it to people's attention because this is a brave new world. It is. And, you know, right now in 2019, we are at a pivotal time where people are going to be coming out of mm-hmm. that original warranty. Mm-hmm. People are, that originally bought the first model of test, you know, model. Well, some of them the are test. already out of warranty. Right. But I, what I'm saying is that we're going to see that now. More and across, and you know, the states, be it what their specific mm-hmm. laws are, mm-hmm. we're going to actually see where are these people going. Now, a lot of people, they're at higher income because, you know, this is not a, you know, Chevy Inexpensive Bolt. car. Right. Yeah. So... Money might not be an issue, but what about those people like me where I am saving all my pennies, nickels, and dimes to buy a used Tesla? Or let's make it simple. 
out here in rural America, in the upper Midwest, where we are. Which, hello, Elon, I would be a perfect representation. You're out for, in the middle of nowhere. Yes, I am. So to get to a Tesla shop, if you have that kind of ca- catastrophic issue. Yeah. Uh, Tesla does have roving uh, vehicles where you can get to. But if you're out like where you live. Yeah. Uh, a shop like this may be your only alternative for a quick turnaround or relatively quick turnaround to get the vehicle repaired. Yeah. So we'll see if there's more people like him, uh, if this is a trend, if this is a thing, and what the manufacturers do about it. But honestly, once a vehicle's out of warranty, it's not a manufacturer issue, unless it's a recall issue. But this is my issue with this. If it's out of warranty and I need to fix my vehicle, am I? do I have the right to get the manuals or parts from Tesla? Right now, I would think it would depend, one, if your state is a right to repair state, two, how that law is written. Right. And three, uh, whether or not, because there are some states, in fact, where Tesla has a showroom. And if you're in a right repair state where they do, then that's a kind of a mood issue. I mean, I'm, I'm all for the Tesla, as you know. Yes. Um, however, I think that we're going to see a situation where they might have some PR situations where people are, one, out of warranty. Right. Two, in a situation where they don't have a dealership, so they can't get the parts. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of strong, you know, arm twisted to either you either give us back the car and we'll fix it here at your cost. Or now you've got a hundred and some odd thousand dollar paperweight sitting in your gra- driveway. I think that we'll have to see how this turns out. Uh, we're not going to get to the robotics, are we? We, we are just not. I don't think that that's okay, a thing. Okay, folks, so I'm going to put a pin in that and get to it next week. Uh, that wraps up this hour. And on behalf of Sasha and myself, thanks for listening. Bye-bye, folks. Bye. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.